Good morning, everybody. It is Wednesday, the 8th of July, and Wall Street was down 397. That's 1.51%. Slightly better performance from NASDAQ, down 0.86%, and S&P 500 down 1.08%. Our futures this morning were down 30. We've been down 33 at the low. We're currently down 14. It's all a bit listless, not a lot of volume, banks lagging. The sector doesn't like the idea of extended mortgage holidays. And the mere fact Victoria is going into lockdown suggests that the Australian economy is not going to recover quite as quickly as perhaps some optimistic people had expected. One little feature this morning is the iron ore price up 1.8%. So we have the iron ore stocks doing okay today. Fortescue was up about 6% at one point yesterday. It's flat today, but BHP and Rio are up. Positives today include the iron ore price going up. Also, the Nasdaq did hit a record high before it ended lower. Dow futures are up 89 as I speak which bodes well for tonight's session. And the Chinese market has been trotting along up for six days on the trot now. But perhaps one of the most encouraging things today is that APT, despite raising a billion dollars, did a placement at 61.75 yesterday when the share price was 68. You might have expected the share price to head down towards 61.75 and it just didn't. It is still holding up at 67 as I speak. The capital raising and founders selling down didn't burst the tech bubble after all. Negatives today are things like the S&P ending a five-day run and it's up more than 40% from its lows. Victorian lockdowns, which as I say upset the banks yesterday. And another negative theme that is in place here but is quite apparent now in the US is that the travel sector is not coming back anytime soon. We have various states in the US, New York, New Jersey, Connecticut, have announced that they require people arriving from hotspot states and there are nine of them to quarantine for 14 days. We're clearly not going to see travel domestically or international coming back quickly. And overnight, the airlines index in the US was down 4.2%. And that's after United Airlines had a conference call with their staff, a virtual call with their staff and warned them about significant layoffs. And part of the excuse was that their August capacity, which is still a couple of months away, was going to be 65% down on what they expected it to be. And Delta Airlines, fell 5%. It's just an ugly picture on the travel front and that has implications for the whole economy in terms of restaurants, bars, tourism and other sectors like energy. If people aren't flying and traveling then the oil price isn't going anywhere either. And this is a theme which looks like it's going to continue here as well, especially with the Victorian lockdowns, in which case we can stop expecting a V-shaped recovery because this is going to crater various parts of the economy. And when it comes to that V-shaped recovery, there was a bit of Fed speak overnight. The Atlanta Federal Reserve Bank president said the economic recovery in May and June could plateau at a slower pace than expected. And the Cleveland Fed president also said, we saw reopening in May and activity started to come back pretty well. Now over the past week, there's been some leveling off. The idea is that the case numbers in the US are now dampening down that V-shaped recovery optimism. People are not getting back to normal in certain industries. And this perhaps is how this second wave in US cases is going to manifest itself with reduced economic optimism, with the V-shaped recovery expectations being dented. And that will show up over the next month or so. But the theme could be V-shaped recovery isn't happening. 
and you'll see the case number charts in the newsletter today. You'll see that Montana, Missouri, Oklahoma, Louisa, Florida, Texas have reported record rises in the number of cases. 42 U.S. states have reported rising case numbers. Florida's running out of ICU beds. 48 hospitals in 28 counties have run out of beds. Deaths are up 19% in a week. Arizona saw 26% of its tests coming back positive. The WHO considers 5% to be acceptable. 26% obviously isn't. So with people not choosing to travel, it is clear that the economic recovery is in some jeopardy. And that sort of backdrop doesn't encourage anyone to pay top prices in the US market with the Nasdaq at all-time highs. So we are not feeling particularly enthusiastic about buying into the market at the moment. In other quick bits of news, the Brazilian president, as you've probably heard, has tested positive for coronas. He spent months playing down the severity of the pandemic and defying his medical experts and in Brazil, 65,000 people have died of COVID. And another interesting little item was that Harvard University, amongst other universities, have announced that all their courses will be online for the upcoming academic year, which apparently means 369,000 Chinese students are going to have to leave the US. They've just changed the rules on Monday. The US Immigration and Customs Enforcement Agency changed the rules to insist that foreigners require in-course-only instruction to stay on a visa. If they haven't got in-course instruction, they have to go home. 369,000 Chinese students apparently have to leave. That's not exactly good for the economy either, although it's obviously small numbers in the US. Now, I've got a little piece in the strategy section today talking about the US results season. The US results season is just about to start. There's a calendar in there. And next week, you'll see JP Morgan, Citigroup, Wells Fargo, Goldman Sachs, Bank of America, Microsoft, Johnson Johnson, lots of Morgan Stanley, lots of uh, companies, Netflix as well, have results next week. So we get into the US results season proper. It will be be an interesting time for the market. The average earnings are expected to drop 43.4%. And I've got a great table from Reuters in there today showing you the progression of earnings quarter on quarter. This is supposed to be a fairly tragic quarter. Next quarter is supposed to be down 24% on this quarter, then minus 13%. In the first quarter of next year, you get the first positive earnings quarter on quarter up 12.4%. Citigroup have got a bit of research out saying that they they think that consensus expectations for end 2021 earnings are 30% too high, which implies with a lower E that the PE on our market at the moment is on their market, sorry, is not 17 times, it's 24 times more expensive than we currently think. So look out for the reporting season. Usually it starts well. The bigger companies tend to report early. That's that's the same in most countries. And then it tends to tail off from there. But next week will be quite interesting to see whether the investment banks in particular have thrived or died during this period. My guess is that they have thrived with the number of capital raisings that have gone on. That's about that. So strategy summary today is we are still feeling pressured to buy, but we don't really want to. The market backdrop is all about do you trust the market and from these levels with record highs in the US we don't despite that has to be said we are more comfortable about the risk of a precipitous drop not happening than we were a couple of weeks ago but that doesn't make us keen to buy we want to want to buy if you have your own money as we do in the fund if you had your own money you, you want to wake up excited about what you've bought at the moment we'd be worrying about what the market was going to do so avoiding risk is more important to us at the moment 
than taking it on in the pursuit of making money in what is clearly a quite a narrow corridor of stocks going up in Australia, iron ore stocks in the last few days. Technology stocks have obviously done well, but otherwise it's a fairly sideways market still. Things or reasons not to trust the market, there is a significant risk that this May-June economic recovery that the market responded to in, in March and April is flattening out in the US and because of our lockdowns, flattening out in Australia as well. And it's clear that travel restrictions are going to keep some sectors and particularly with bars and restaurants keep the consumer unenthusiastic about spending a dollar. We may have missed a money-making opportunity in tech stocks, but it is, as I say, a narrow corridor of stocks that we sold out of that we should have held on to. But we're, we want to be buying oversold stocks as we did in March. We don't want to be buying overbought stocks, which is what most of the tech stocks look like at the moment. Encouraging, though, that APT didn't fall over on its capital raising. Clearly, there is a more mature wave of money prepared to invest in tech stocks in Australia. They used to be seen as small, risky, no earnings, high PE or no PE stocks that you have to dump the moment the market fell over but they seem to be becoming almost a safe sector at the moment. The China theme sort of interests us a little bit, but Fortescue's flying along. Rio doesn't look terribly good on the charts and BHP's looking a bit sideways, so we're not really too excited about that. Bottom line today, and you'll see the chart in the strategy piece today, things are a bit sideways. We want to be excited about buying, and at the moment we're not, so we're just going to wait for a morning where we wake up and we're convinced there's some sort of fundamental optimistic base to the market that makes us want to buy before we get left behind. At this point, we don't really feel we're going to get left behind. As I say, market a bit sideways. We are, as I finish speaking, uh, down nine today. The uh, futures are up though in the US, so not too worried, but not excited. (laughs) 